When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Joe. Hi, hello. Before we dive into our episode today, I wanted to remind y'all to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. You can find and follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. And if you have suggestions, recommendations, or something you'd like to see in a future episode, Send us an email, professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. With that, we are going to dive in today's, into today's episode where we talk about shopping your shelves and tackling your to-be-read list. Today, we've got Emma, Jill, and Kristen to help us figure out how we bite little pieces off of the elephant that is all of our to-be-read lists. Is that it? an expression i think it is <laughs> i mean colloquial expression i love it i'm Thank gonna you. use that please yeah. i had a a music instructor back in high school and she always used to say if you get a really complicated piece as a whole you have to eat the elephant backwards i think those were hers her words but i don't know if that makes any more sense so you just have to take like little pieces at a time to work through something complex which is kind of what we're trying to do today to shorten up our extremely extensive list ever growing list yeah Mm -hmm. ever growing so why do authors have to keep coming out with good titles good books all the time (laughs) and we see them before they're even out and uh, the list grows before it even had a chance it's just literally never ending and so this this is uh, going to be hopefully a fun one because Kristen and I had this conversation a while ago, which was the catalyst for this episode. It's just there are so many ways that you can have a, a to-be-read list. So I want to talk about some of those different ways with the group. And then just if you're looking for tips on how to start tackling the books you have or the books that are on your list or whatever, uh, we've got some tips for you. So my first question for the group is, I think we've all established it by being here, but do you have a TBR list? And if so, how do you keep track of it? Is it virtual? Is it Goodreads? Is it like a stack of books? So two-parter, let's start with Kristen. Okay. Um, Well, my like ride or die is Goodreads. Uh, that's where anytime there is a book that sounds interesting, it goes on my want to read shelf. Um, but on top of that, I also have recently started using tags in Libby uh, as like TBR. It is the best way, especially with audiobooks. That's usually what I'm doing is like trying to think of what's the next audiobook I should listen to. So I use a tag that's TBR. That way, anytime I finish one, I have others that I are ready to go. Um, And then my newest thing, I have a book cart. I don't know if any of you do this, Um, but it is a literal cart that I am staring at right now that is filled with books that I need to read. So this is something I think I saw on TikTok. Someone like had a shelf or you turn your books backwards. And then once you read them, you can turn them spine out. Um, oh, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I All know. <of> this. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> I really want to get a TBR cart. It's 
very nice, but it is very intimidating because a lot of the books, and I don't know about you guys, but a lot of the books I own are ones that I have not read yet. And then I continue buying more. (laughs) Absolutely. I now sense a trip to Home Goods in my future, uh, not sponsored, but if they want to, please send me a book cart uh, (laughs) because that sounds amazing. Yeah, I'd say at home, Target, Home Goods, those are your book cart destinations. Hey, Target, send us book carts. Right? <laughs> Target, sponsor us, please. Is it one of those like really cute little metal ones? Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's rolly. Yeah, <laughs> so I feel like one. a librarian even at home. I just bought one of those for my niece last weekend for her leg. She just turned one. So it's, you know, more like the next to the changing table necessities. But now I'm like, okay, now I guess I should go find another one. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. I have it split up. It's got like three levels on it. Sorry, I'm completely bogarting this. But um, like the top is ones that I want to read like the most right now. The middle is just kind of general. And then the bottom is my like fall Halloween reads. So split it up the way you want. But this is what's working for me. I love that. I love that so much. (laughs) Joe, what about you? Because you were going to talk anyway. <laughs> I love talking. I think that's why I'm here. Of course, uh, if you are an Overdrive app user, first want to say your wish list will transfer into Libby. Just throwing that out there right now. If you are afraid you're going to lose your wish list, it will happily be there waiting for you. Libby will even prompt you to do it. Um, but I do my TBR in a couple different ways in the Libby app. I first have just like a generic to be read that like, if I can't think of categorizing it, I just throw it in there. But then I also tend to do some like genre tagging. So I will split out celebrity memoirs into a tag. I'll do a variety of like, this is the one that's just like graphic manga and, you know, things like that. So I can kind of mood read because that's how I pick anyway. So I'll have the like mystery thriller horror tag because I can kind of, if I'm in the mood for one, I'm likely in the mood for any of those three. So I try to compart a little bit. And then my main just titled TBR tag is the typical, like someone recommended this to me, see if it's got to make it on the list. Um, And then when it comes to physical materials, there are different stacks in different parts of my house, depending on what it is. So stuff for the podcast, there's a stack of books next to me right now that's like, this has to be read for the interview. Um, And then for the things I want to read in my home library, I've just got like a cute little table where they kind of sit in order of how I want to read them. Uh, And that ends up shifting around. And then eventually some of those get shelved without being read and then brought back out later. Um, But I really like the idea of a book cart. I'm I'm jealous of that. That and I want to get into Goodreads. I did it way back in the day, but I don't think I've even looked at it in at least a decade. Oh man. I feel like, especially being on this podcast, like how do you keep track of all the stuff you've read? (laughs) Oh, well that I have a um, journal. I've been keeping a, a physical print journal since I was in middle school because that summer was the summer I read something like um, like 600 books uh, <gasps> because that was just like, my goal was to see if I could hit a thousand before the school year started. So I was just ripping through books. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I have every book written down that I've ever read since that time, nothing from before. I didn't like go back and backdate. Um, but I include the title author. And then if there's any series information, if it's a series or a graphic novel series, I'll include the volume number and then the year that I finished reading it. That is incredible. <laughs> I do you Thank also you. do like star ratings or anything? I don't. Okay. Um, but maybe I'll maybe I'll consider that for the future. I haven't I I don't usually do anything as far as like a description of it because if I want it, I either own it and can pull it or I can, you know, grab a description somewhere. Um, but I do like the idea of a star rating. There, you know, you're right. There was at one point that I was doing like a check marker and X for like thumbs up, thumbs down. Um but I might, I might sneak in some star ratings. Wow. <laughs> My, I, I'm impressed with the system. Incredible. Uh, now it's a lot of, I take screenshots whenever I finish something in Libby. So I remember to go and 
put it in. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's like the day of the week where I realize, okay, it's time to delete all these from my phone and write them down. But yeah, it's like the yeah. one, it, it feels right to be a little analog for reading, at least in my brain. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jill? What does your TBR look like? Um, So I have kind of like three systems. Well, I guess four really. Uh, one, the ones in my brain. Don't recommend that one. Uh, where I just like try. To, I'm like, I'll remember. And then I don't. I do also use the tags. I just do straight TBR, make it easy. Um, I have a bookshelf in like my nightstand is a small bookshelf. And so I have like a shelf dedicated for books. And then sometimes I just shove books on my regular book, like in my bookcase and they get lost in there. Also don't really recommend that. So <laughs> like half of my systems are good. The other half, not ones I would necessarily recommend to other people try to employ. Cause I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, there are books on that shelf. I could see my main bookshelf. And I was like, oh yeah. I keep forgetting I have those and I should read them. I should move them to the other bookshelf, but I won't. So quote of the day, half of my systems are good. (laughs) It sounds like three quarters of us are chaotic readers. (laughs) I think so. You know, and I also, I like the question I used to keep very detailed spreadsheets of what books I read. And then I think And I would like put them on Instagram. I had like highlights on my Instagram page of all the books I read. And then it started to feel like work. And so this year I stopped and I've not been keeping track. I couldn't tell you what I read. No clue. But you know what? That's okay. Because I enjoyed them. (laughs) It's fine. You could probably use that borrowed smart tag in Libby. I mean, so yeah, some of them I read in Libby and could very easily find for like physical arcs or hardbacks. I... Uh, or paperbacks or whatever, like physical copies. I only re- really remember some of them. Um, so we'll see what I do next year if I decide to start keeping track again. I don't know. We'll see. I'm very similar to all of you in that we all have like 10 methods for keeping track because there's so many books. I use a to read tag and Libby it's a cute little, the little book stack emoji. So I definitely recommend tags might seem confusing, but I swear they're super easy to add in Libby. Um, so I definitely recommend that if you're using a lot of books through the library, which I know we do obviously a lot. Um, I also use a Goodreads want to read shelf. I wish that my Goodreads was more organized, but it really is just in like two or three categories of like want to read and read. <laughs> and that's about it. I think there are a lot of people that have like lots of fun shelves, like, you know, fantasy shelf, or I know Tiffany, uh, in an episode that is not yet out yet. will talk about her DNF shelf. So, you know, things that you're just not going to continue on with, but it, it's literally read and want to read. Um, so I like Kristen abide by Goodreads. Um, and then obviously unique to this role as co-host, I have a list of books to read for the podcast. Um, so I have that on a sticky note on my computer. And then I have like a physical stack of any of those books that I have in a hard copy. Otherwise I try to remember that like, oh, you have that on digital. So check it out on your iPad or your phone. Um, and then I have like a stack of things that I want to read outside of the podcast deadlines, um, which is again, similar, like it's a combination of stuff like on a shelf in a stack. Uh, I'm pointing to my shelf that none of you can see. And so, yeah, it's kind of a hodgepodge method, quite frankly. Um, which brings me to another question I have for this group of readers. Do you put timelines around when you want to read things on your TBR? So like, do you have a, like, I want to read the stack kind of by the end of this year, I want to get into it, or is it just more like a general, how do you prioritize your to be read list? I'll start. Um, So I have actually, Joe, that reminded me this year, I actually started a uh, physical TBR list as well. 
um, just because I wanted a way to better keep track of how much I was reading daily, which kind of makes it sound like homework. But for me, I just, I set myself goals on a yearly basis and wanted to make sure I was kind of meeting them. And a way to do that was to actually make a notebook. Um, so I now have like, I will write down at least one book a month that I want to read. And then I am definitely a mood reader. And this is just like a lot of readers out there. This is my time of year. Fall is my favorite time to be reading. So at this time of year, I kind of do have a stack of books that I want to get through. I don't beat myself up about it if I don't get through some of them. There's always time to be reading more, hopefully. Um, other than that, uh, I'll put things on hold. <laughs> and if they come through, then I know it is their time to be read. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I I would say kind of similar to that. I since I read a lot of audiobooks, there is definitely a chunk of my time that's kind of like listening while doing other things. And sometimes I can struggle with setting aside the time to read. Uh, so one of the things that I've been very intentional with this year is actually just scheduling in some blocks throughout the week of self-care time. And so that can include any sort of like eyes on reading. So if it's a physical or an ebook version, um, I'll set like 30 minute increments throughout the week randomly. And if I choose to read during that time, great. If I choose to do some sort of other self-reflection or self-care, that's also great. Uh, I think the only time I really have like given myself deadlines is when it is around an author interview or a specific episode as far as like, well, this book has to be done by then. Doesn't matter when you read it all, but it has to be done at least in majority before this date. So yeah, I, I try to do the like, I want to read X amount of books per year. Uh, but overall, I really just let it come back to, you know, what serves me best, what makes me happy. Yeah, same. If it's not podcast related, those I will stick to deadlines, but otherwise it's very much mood-based and what I'm vibing with how I prioritize vibes vibes only good oh. vibes only Halloween good vibes, vibes only <laughs> right right I mean, entirely vibe driven same Jill like prioritizing things for the podcast if there is some type of deadline there and then the rest is straight vibes <laughs> or like if I see something and that's something I actually did with uh when I read Daisy Jones in the six earlier this year I've had that book physically on my shelf for however many years now, like two, three. And I wanted to find something to read for fun. And I was like, oh, here's a thought. Let me actually peruse my physical bookshelves and see what I might have and be in the mood for. And I often don't do that. Like I don't sit and just like look through my shelf and be like, ooh, what? What I like to read, it's usually like, cause I've got a high priority stack of books here. I've got like a new stack of books or I just bought a book or my hold came in or something. And that's kind of how things get prioritized. But occasionally I do recommend looking at your shelves and selecting something off of it that you want to read. Emma, I have a challenge for you or any listeners <laughs> out there. Oh no. <laughs> um, so if you have the space in your house to have like a monthly or seasonal shelf that you change out kind of regularly, that is a great way to shop your bookcases. So whether you do it based on the season or just like, I want to find all my red books or I want to find books that have great covers, whatever it is, it's a great way to then have to go through your shelves. That's so smart. Okay. I okay. love that. Make <laughs> your like, own curated display at home. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, some like space to yes. highlight what's maybe more priority or what yeah. you're interested in pulling. And I think you can do that with a shelf or a cart. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's my shelves aren't super organized right now in terms of um, wanting to read them priority. They're kind of just organized. They're all organized differently. I'm like, the ones right behind you are organized by color, which is gorgeous. Yes. And then you can see the stacks in front because I've, I've run out of shelf space is why. <laughs> uh, more shelves. Always more, more shelves. shelves. Always more shelves. 
I'm at, I'm at that point right now. I'm, I'm trying to see if there's anything I can repurpose, free up, move around throughout the house to give myself more book space. Yeah, yes. same. I'm at full capacity. And so that was one of the things I know we were talking about, we kind of have on our our outline of notes is to put yourself on a book buying ban or a borrowing ban to encourage you to browse or like borrow, read from what you already have. So if you already have, um, you know, a ton of books sitting on your table or on your shelf or your nightstand at home, take a look through those. Um, if you already have a ton of books on your want to read or to be read list on Goodreads, look through that before adding more or finding something new. Um, similarly, like if your holds come in, look at those instead of finding something new to borrow. And I think that's always the challenge for readers is that there are so many new books that come out every week, every month. Uh, it's really hard to, I don't know, slow that or tamper that down when there's just so many great things and you don't have to, but this is, if you are feeling like your TBR is never ending and super long, how can you help make it a little bit more manageable or take bites of the elephant? What was that that you said, Joe? <laughs> Eat the elephant backwards, the take elephant. bites of the elephant. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just like to make it a little bit more manageable, because I think that can be like, if I was to peruse my shelves, I'm I might honestly be overwhelmed by how many things I have to read. Absolutely. I think that's a fantastic tip just to give yourself a, a break almost, you know, don't go to the library unless your hold has come in and they're notifying you only open Libby. If you're clearing out that TBR set up that stack. I also love the idea of creating a jar of to be read titles and make it a goal to pick a title from the jar once a month. Uh, looking at our notes, I think that's fantastic, uh, especially if you want to, you could color code them. If you're one of our scrapbook girlies, you can really just customize, make it as cute as you want. It's a fun project. And that way, you know, my thrillers are blue and my romance is pink and whatever else. So that way you can at least, you're not cheating. You're not looking at what's on it. You're just fishing around for the right color. And then it's just like a fun treat when it comes time to pick that book off the shelf. Perfect for the mood reader who wants a little bit of a surprise. Yes. Yeah, I love that. And that's, so I have seen those TikToks. I think it's one girl in particular, but I don't know. It could be several people where she turned all of her books around and put like, does randomly generated numbers in a thing. So it's like, okay, shelf number one, book 20 or something. And then she pulls it out and reads it. And now here's my issue with that is if I pull it out and I'm not in the mood to read it, can I like go back and pull a different one? But then obviously as you do read them in that fashion, she turns them around so you can see the spines out. And then it kind of designates how many things she's actually read on her shelf versus things that she has yet to, to tackle. Because like Kristen said, a lot of the books I own, I have read, but a lot of them I have not. Yeah. I love that idea, especially just too. like having something that is very much visible where it's like, I see that I'm not seeing any of the spines on these. So it's time to read some of them, flip them around. Um, I saw someone uh, who had done the book cart and just any books that they hadn't read on their shelf went on the cart. And then once they were done with it, they got to put it back on their shelf so again, you're getting that, um, just being able to visibly and physically put something on your shelf because you read it. And for me, my cart's not big enough for all the books I haven't read on my shelf. I was going to say, I'd need a pretty big cart to do that. <laughs> I, know, I love same. to buy books. I love to see them on display and I love to pull them when it's time to read them. So uh, yeah, I'd need a huge cart. <laughs> so many unread books. I know there are so many methods I feel like to, to this. I mean, especially when I think so many people are mood readers and that mood can change dramatically from day to day or week to week or season to season. Um, like right now I was in the mood for just like a, I don't even know how to describe it. Just like a smutty book. <laughs> I don't need tons of plot. I just like wanted something that was like a, maybe a palate cleanser. 
to read before I dove into something that was uh, a little bit more world building, a little bit more academic. I'm reading Dark Academia book right now. So, you know, like something that's going to get my brain a little bit more. Just refresh you after yeah. all that heaviness. All, exactly. So All pepper, no plot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think that that's um, what was, that's tricky when there's so many things to read that like you having a resource that you can pull from, whether that's your Goodreads list or your tags does make it easier to find what you're looking for. If you're like, I just want vibes. I just want this mood. I think it's good to, you know, cause sometimes I can get overwhelmed browsing my library's collection on Libby or browsing even by like physical book stacks. And so having like a, a mood and a vibe, I went to my Goodreads and was like, okay, what fits the bill that I haven't read yet? I know Lauren Blakely. <laughs> So, this is when you need different shelves in Goodreads. You need to be able to split it up so you have your like romance over here. You can just easily click on that. I'm just yeah. saying categorization, it's there for a reason. See, and I think that that's so smart. And honestly, the reason I haven't done it is laziness because of how many books are on my existing Goodreads want to read. I would have to like take the time and split them out. Although I could just tackle it going forward. Like I don't have to retroactively a do good it. choice. You don't have to do all the back work. Yes. Yeah, that's true. For me, I don't, I like having one TBR tag in Libby because sometimes I don't know what I'm in the mood for until I see the book. So if I just like scroll through Libby, the tag, just a single tag for TBR and I can see what's available and what I can check out right now. And I'm like, oh, that's what I want. And I didn't even know it. Or if I had multiple categories, I'd have to like go back and forth through all of them or try to feel like I have to identify in advance what mood I'm in. And sometimes I don't really know. That's a fair that's point. True. I'm, I'm actually just pulled up my TBR tag in Libby and I'm laughing at some of these picks from, I like scrolled all the way at the bottom. If, and like, I'm looking at some older ones, which I, one, don't even remember putting on this list. And two, <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, that book. <laughs> Take I those tags I... off if you're not using them. Right. I, yeah. That's Clear them out. True. Or Y'all, just, I, um... I have magazines on here. I put, I think Pass Me did this specific, th this is very seasonal. I have like Better Homes and Gardens Halloween <laughs> issues. <laughs> oh. On my TBR tag, I think specifically, because I was like, I'm not in the mood to read these right now. Yeah. Or you know what? Honestly, I don't know if I should admit this because we work at Overdrive and libraries, but sometimes I don't get around to finishing the book or reading the book when I check it out because I'm like, I'm going to do it. And then I just don't, or I'll like read a couple chapters and then, you know, I just don't get to it. Uh, so I will tag a lot of things like that where I'm just like, oh shoot, I didn't finish this. I need to put this back on the list. Or if my holds are getting overwhelming and I got to cancel some holds, I'll put it on my TBR tag instead. Absolutely. Sometimes I think there's that like that instant gratification, like of place a hold or like that action. I love doing that, but sometimes that's not the move. Right. Sometimes you overwhelm yourself fully without meaning to. Yeah. Um, I'm also just laughing, looking at my tags now. Uh, I love the thumbs down tag. Uh, <laughs> that's how I track my do not finish. Uh, that's also what I do if I hate a narrator. I have a specific tag for audiobook narrators I can't stand. Uh, so I'll, I'll check before I borrow that one. But just, just some more tips uh, for happier reading in Libby. Um, but I do really love the idea of shopping your shelf um because i'm thinking of my own like self-proclaimed mess of there's little stacks of books everywhere and if i took the moment reorganized my library and just kind of tidied everything up put them on the shelf and then just kind of walked around and similar to what jill was saying with scrolling through her tbr of like what cover strikes me i feel like i could probably tackle a little bit easier than trying to create these zones of hey, you might want to read this if you see it when you walk past this table, or you'll remember that you have to do this if it's sitting there. I agree. And Kristen, I actually really loved your point. And I think that's something I want to try to do is like, if you write down one book a month, like that you want to try to prioritize getting to, um, because I 
I set just like generic goals in Goodreads for how much I want to read during the year, but they're honestly entirely arbitrary. Like I picked 22 books for 2022 because I don't know, it just felt like semi-achievable. Um, but I think having one book each month that I want to try to make a priority to read and writing it down somewhere to hold myself accountable would be fun because I definitely get super overwhelmed by how many books I acquire each month that then you're like, Oh, this one, Ooh, this one. And I think that might be a fun thing to do at the start of each month. Like I'd like to read, you know, legend born or whatever, and just try to focus on that. It might help me feel less overwhelmed because we are in the very fortunate position where we get so many fun things to read. Um, and then also I just buy a lot of books as anyone who's watched our Instagram will see, uh, that sometimes you're like, oh, dang, oh, dang, we've got a lot that I need (laughs) to get through. Yeah. I really love it. And it's not something I did at the beginning of the year, like write down each month what I want to read. It's something I usually do maybe a week ahead of the new month. That way it's still kind of mood-based and like, what am I going to be feeling or what's something that really is a priority for me to read. Um, I also think, you know, another one that a lot of people do, and I know the professional book nerds do, are reading challenges. If you have a yearly reading challenge, where then you make one of those books a book from your shelf or like at least six of the books for the, you know, however many books are on that reading challenge, books that you already own or that have been on your TBR list. Have you guys done, I'm pretty sure you've done one of like, choose a book that's been on your TBR for, you know, a year or so. I think so. It sounds familiar. I'm like, sorry, putting you on the spot. Oh, maybe 2023. That sounds like a good one, but I feel like we've probably had done that one. I'll have to go back and check. Yeah. If we haven't, it was just sourced. (laughs) (laughs) Keep Um, an eye out for 2023's reading challenge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or you could make your own reading challenge that's like only books on your TBR and then just all sorts of different challenges within there. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. My, uh, so I was thinking uh, kind of not only tackling your TBR, but on the flip side of like also tackling reading funk, my friend Jen went through kind of like reading trauma almost that she had been using reading as a reward for a while and then it almost hit the point where it was punishment if she didn't get to read uh so she had to take some time of how was she going to reset how was she going to try to uh tackle getting back into reading something she so much loves and part of that was listening to audiobooks because that was a helpful way to integrate in the day but the other half was um using a shelf specifically for all the to-be-read books. And at the end of that, she would decide if she was going to keep it and own it. You know, these were all books she had purchased either from secondhand stores or new. She would decide if she was going to keep that book and add it to her physical collection or if she was going to donate it after the fact. So it also gave her the opportunity to kind of cleanse her space as well if she was choosing to get rid of reading. Uh, She also likes to set 
a theme for the year. So right now she is trying to challenge herself by getting through as many classics as she can this year. So any of the books that, you know, we're all air quotes here, listeners supposed to have read, uh, she's trying to tackle those this year. I I I don't remember what last year was, but she'll then pick a theme for next year and she'll just see how many of that specific genre or like odd classification she can work in. That's cool. Yeah. It definitely, I I saw just like between both of those really helped her regain the love of reading and kind of take back what she thought she had lost. But I I think helpful on a much smaller scale as well. If you're just kind of like, how do I get through all these books? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think also kind of that idea of decluttering yourself, like, especially if it's something where you're like, I'm never going to return to this or I didn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So I just want it out of my space. It's not taking up any of my physical space or my head space anymore. Absolutely. That was the benefit of moving two years ago. (laughs) A lot of decluttering of our bookshelves. (laughs) We have a lot of books between us, but we managed to be able to donate a lot of them. Yeah. That is when I sadly got rid of my Twilight books that I never read until now and now wish I still had. (laughs) So this is unrelated, but I'm curious how it influences your TBR because obviously we get a lot of books coming in just from our like industry. We're aware of a lot of books and bestsellers and book trends. So I'm wondering how book trends or like books that have a lot of hype impact your TBR, because sometimes, you know, if something like absolutely blows up, does that make you want to read it right then and there? Does that make you not care? Or does it depend on the title? I'm thinking, you know, just off the bat, like this, the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo, that one was an influence for me from book talk, Colleen Hoover, literally anything mostly book talk I guess for me but just I'm curious if that's something where you see something and you immediately like ratchet it up the list um for me if a book starts getting really big and people are like it's just being talked about everywhere I don't want to read it I my interest is gone I'm just like I feel like I know what it's about already And like, I just don't care if I have friends, however, who it's like a more, uh, a book that isn't as popular, but I have a lot of friends who are talking about it. uh, That will make me want to read it. Um, That's how I got into Penny Reed because Emma would not stop talking about Penny Reed. And I was like, all right, okay, I'm doing it. Um, But I have gotten a lot pickier, especially after starting working in libraries and working at Overdrive. We have access to a lot of books that haven't come out yet that are going to be coming out. And at first, you're like a kid in a candy store where it's just like, yes, give me, give me, give me. I will take anything they give me. And then those books just start adding up. And again, the idea of it kind of being debilitating mentally, just looking at this huge stack of books that I start feeling guilty about because I'm like, I feel like I should read this before it comes out, but I have no time to read it before it comes out because I have all these other books I want to read. So um, I am now very picky in what I put on my TBR because if it's not something that I know I'm going to read, it's just, it's not going to take up the space. A thousand percent agree. I, aside from Jeanette McCurdy's book, which I was going to read the moment it came out, no matter what, um, I, if a book is wildly popular, I am almost immediately like, I never need to read that. Um, I, I want to read Akatar purely for Emma alone, but I hear it everywhere. Everywhere I turn, someone is talking about it. And I'm just like, I'll try. One day I'll get there. But it's it's very difficult. Um, I always try to make sure I know what books are popular, like you said, Kristen, because of the space we work in. Um, but on the flip side, if a friend recommends something, if, um, if I hear about it on TikTok, like if someone's just re- recommending books, I'll very likely add it to one of my lists of like, recommended on TikTok is shamefully a tag I have. Um, So it'll be just the like, scroll through that. What can I find? Okay, cool. Here we go. Um, 
but there's very little that will get me to bump anything up my TBR other than the vibes. It's always, it always comes back to the vibes. Like Jeanette McCurdy's book came out and I was like, oh, this will be read the moment I get my hands on it. And I lucked into a lucky day um, edition of it. So I got it the day it was released. But other than that, my TBR remained the same. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would say that it makes me less likely to want to read a book, but it doesn't really affect if I see a book getting hyped. You know, like I was just not interested in where the crowdad sings just from the get go. I'm like, that doesn't really interest me. So the fact that it like blew up doesn't really change anything. Evelyn Hugo is an interesting one because I did not read it when it first came out. I don't know why I eventually did read it a couple of years later. I think it was like after my like 90th time doing Daisy Jones of the Six, I was like, I should try out her other books <laughs> and picked up Evelyn Hugo um, probably after also somebody else had posted about it. I was like, oh, this is actually really good. Um, not that I was not actually as in surprise, but I probably should have read this when it first came out. Yeah, I don't really pay attention that much to what books are doing well or getting hyped it doesn't really affect um me and even if a friend tells me to read a book sometimes I'll be like no I don't have any interest in that like a friend recommending it even a friend like who's like I I have had a friend I don't read a lot of literary fiction like that people would consider like you know high level high-end literary fiction it's just not something that personally interests me and I have a, a friend who has recommended a couple different literary fiction books and I was just like I'm never going to read that ever. <laughs> like I'm I'm glad for you. I'm I'm happy for you that you enjoyed it. I'm never going to read that. It's nothing against the book or the author. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> so what I've learned from this discussion is that I'm extremely easily influenced <laughs> because I'm looking at the books I've read in 2022. And these are things that I wanted to read anyways. So I will caveat that I was already interested in, at least in some degree of reading them, but I can tell where if someone recommended it to me, I'm thinking the palace papers, uh, our friend Kate recommended that she read it and was like, you must. And so that I already wanted to, but I bumped it up my list and read it sooner. I'm looking at, at uh, the Katie Roberts books because I had read the neon gods last year and like that momentum. I saw that on TikTok. all the and chili peppers. Gonna, yeah. So many chili peppers for those. I'm going to say like the, um, inheritance games trilogy that I already wanted to read it, but again, like I kept seeing that on book talk and then also same thing with a lot of the Colleen Hoover books I've read just because I feel like there's a whole swath of people on book talk that are just Colleen Hoover fans cohorts. I think they're called cohorts. I love that, which I love. I'm Colleen Hoover fans are cohorts. cohorts. Yeah. Oh I've gosh. seen, I've seen her refer to as like coho. Yeah. C-O-H-O. That's yeah. amazing. Yes. I so guess I'm... I would say I can relate to that, Emma. Like, the right influence from the right spot if it was something I was already interested in if it's something that I have zero interest in because it blows up it will very likely get added to the TBR but like I still haven't read where the crawdad sings and who knows when that'll happen how long did it take me to read Twilight so so I mean like I I fully relate it is it is a struggle but I can be influenced. So I'm, I'm with you. You're not alone, but I have also, to already want it. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm also thinking like every summer after by Carly fortune that came out this summer, I was already kind of intrigued. It's like a summer romance, whatever. But then I kept seeing people talk about it on the internet amongst our group of friends that then that was kind of one where I think that I, the hype either inc like increases your interest in something or it maybe completely shoves it off your radar. You're like, no, that's we're over it. But um, it's interesting to see which ones take which path. I think it must be like the hipster in me. That's like, I love those books that no one's talking about. <laughs> oh, 
Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You if haven't heard of them. <laughs> you probably have never read this book. <laughs> I just pushed my non-existent hair behind my ear. <laughs> yeah. Now, are, how, how do y'all feel about spoilers just in general in life? Like books, movies, things like that. Do they bother you? Oh, I look them up sometimes. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I mean, you. I will like, yeah, <laughs> I know that's not that surprising. I mean, like, it depends. But sometimes for books or movies uh like movie specific i the rise of skywalker made me so anxious that i looked up the spoiler before i went into the theater um and so i try not to with a book that i'm really enjoying um but it's hard sometimes because i'm like but i want to know what's gonna happen but if there are books that i know i'm not going to read or i'm not going to finish i sometimes will look up spoilers for that because again like back to like there's so many books that come out and there are books that like, if I had more time, I would probably read it. I just don't have the time and I don't feel interested enough in the book mm-hmm. to read it. So in those instances, I'll sometimes just go look up spoiler reviews on Goodreads to at least know what happened. Emma, how um, about you? I'm curious because I'm wondering if maybe you're influenced because you don't want it ruined for you or are you not bothered by spoilers? I hate spoilers actually. So yeah. Okay. I think that makes sense. it drives me nuts if it's, if it's ruined, I guess that's dramatic. That's how I feel about spoilers. <laughs> I want to discover it for myself. However, it, that's largely my take, but it really does depend Like Mm -hmm. where I was, we talked about this uh, in an episode that is coming out soon. Um, But if I'm struggling with a book or a series, then sometimes spoilers help encourage me to continue Mm -hmm. because you're like, Ooh, I have that to look forward to. How do we get to that? That's interesting. But I would say on the whole, I, I largely hate spoilers. And so I think the more something's talked about, you're right. I maybe you're ready to like, I got to get myself. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kristen, how about you? Uh, I am with Jill. Uh, I, if I don't think I'm going to read it or if I don't think I'm really going to watch it, but I still want to know kind of what that hype is about, I'll read or, you know, watch a YouTube video of someone talking about it. Um, I did that with Hereditary because I was like, I don't know if this is a movie I ever want to see, but I want to know what happens. Um okay. And then also I will ask friends who have read a book and finished it, like, so what happens at the end? Um, Especially for like those DNF books where I'm like, I just couldn't get into it. And maybe then, like Emma said, like, that's going to help me kind of, or no, I'm sorry, Jill, I think you said that might help you like want to finish it. Definitely. I I think I fall in the category of, I don't care about spoilers. And, but reading them w- will very much help me pick up a book and go, you know what, I can get through this or, oh, I actually do want to read that. And the whole time I will be excited anticipating the one little bit that I read, like, how do we get to that point? So in between. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's interesting, just how we can all read things so differently and prioritize things so differently. And also like we have so many sources for reading materials, especially like in this, you know, industry and in these roles that I kind of love being able to take tips from everybody and like implement different things for myself because I, I do feel overwhelmed at times, not maybe in like a serious way, but just in the sheer number of things that we have access to that I personally would like to implement some of these tips to maybe help feel a little bit less overwhelmed with how many books I have on my actual TBR. And Kristen, like to your point, I get a little like request happy with advanced reader copies that I think it's okay for me to be maybe a little more picky because if we look through my Kindle documents, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't even remember I had this. And then I check and I'm like, oh, I, I got it six months ago. And you're like, oh, okay. Maybe we should tamp that down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm 
that's a that's a bad problem. I mean, you're right though, like Kristen, like when we first start in this role and have access to those, it gets a little it's a little it's a little bit much. <laughs> You yeah. just start requesting everything. I do think I've gotten better about being a little bit more judicious about what I request. Um, not always. Sometimes, and like sometimes, I I request with like the utmost sincerity of wanting to read this, and then don't. So yeah. sorry, publishers. That happens sometimes, but uh, yeah. Kid but in the I'm, candy store is very real. That is very much yeah. what it is. Yeah. Well, I'm also guilty of the like I'm. I want to read this. But yeah, just how you have to be in the mood. And so you're like, this sounds great. This definitely seems up my street, but I think it is having a more organized approach at how I get to reading the things I want to read, because then it's like, check my Libby tag, check my Goodreads shelf, check my Kindle library of arcs, check my physical stack. And that's really just hodgepodge. So I kind of forget everything that I have available. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that makes sense, that sounds, that's not a real problem, but, uh, things I can streamline in my own reading life. Yeah. I mean, sometimes yeah. if I do see a book on one, like Edelweiss or whatever, or in a publisher presentation, I will sometimes check Libby to see if it's like a library has already pre-ordered it and put it like tag it as TBR mm-hmm. right then and there, if I can. So that sort of helps me not request it. If I don't think I'm actually read it in time or when it it becomes available on Edelweiss. Um, but, and it's just automatically on my TBR. I really like that idea. Um, it doesn't happen I'm... all the time. It just, yeah. But for some of them, you can, I, I've been able to find some of them. If a library, if, if it's like a big enough author and book, right. probably pre-ordered it. And I also want to steal Kristen's idea of a physical TBR list. Uh, and for those of you Libby users, you can export your tags. You can print them out. I'm just giving away the tips today. Uh, you can export your tags to Goodreads as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so. You just blew my mind because I've been working at this company for quite a while and I didn't know you could do that. There's you specific steps, but yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe will talk after this. Yes. Yes. I'm after. The help article. <laughs> I do just, did you guys create um like paper tbr lists when you were kids or when you were younger like before goodreads joe it sounds like you or at least you had you know your notebooks just my just my red list i never did any sort of tbr until uh, truly until i started using overdrive with my wish list and then libby with tbr okay i think i did and when i kept a spreadsheet i would have a separate sheet within the same workbook that was like books to read and I think I had them organized by release date too um to keep up with not that I actually did keep up with them but I tried (laughs) Emma what about you I think I just was a lot more shop my shelf Mm -hmm. or I would just read whatever I had just picked up from the library or the bookstore like I think it was a lot more organic than it maybe is now, but I am also an anxious adult. So I think I certainly make it a little bit more complicated on myself. That was very much like, oh, we're just going to go and get the new, you know, Sarah Dessen or get the new Lois Lowry. Like I don't think, or Joan Lowry Nixon. Those are not the same authors. Those are not the same authors. And just kind of read that way. It was it was more about just like, oh, what have I gotten from the library or or the store? Definitely a lot more shot my shelf, a lot more what was from the library. My childhood was also when I would become obsessed with an author and then tend to read. That's like where my trend of read the catalog came from. (laughs) So that's how I would work through the um, Diana Wynne Jones and and all of those different titles. So I I would find one person I liked, live there for a while, and then move on to something else. Yeah. And that was also when I was probably a little more tempted by what was hot and new at the time because I was a library kid. So the the librarians were always like, okay, this is what everyone wants right now, as they were stickering it to yeah. go into Cirque. So I would a lot of times like skip to the top of the line. So. I was reading early and now I maybe just my, my tastes have changed or, you know, that makes my heart so happy <laughs> that the librarians were like, Oh, here's Joe. Let's exactly. hand him I'm, these four books. <laughs> we're going to set these aside. That's yeah. I well, had some of the best recommendations that way. 
You know, it's funny. I'm thinking about this. Um, I'm a bit older than all of you. And I'm trying to remember how I would have even known to put a book on my TBR because it was like the 80s. Like how... <laughs> Like, how would I, but I, I very clearly though remember like putting books on birthday lists and Christmas lists or asking for them. Like, how would, how did I know that? I guess probably just from the library or going to the bookstore. Your but, mind was young and supple. <laughs> I mean, maybe, oh, yeah. but now I'm sort of like, how did I, how did like, I keep up to date on what books were coming out when I was like 10 years old? <laughs> I know. I how did we think do I did before the? I internet. definitely did. Like I definitely knew what books were coming out that I wanted to read, and I don't remember how I knew that. It's that without the internet portion. Yeah, it's yeah. without the That's internet. So difficult. It. I mm-hmm. mean, it's probably. I mean, it probably is. Uh, like library bookstore, scholastic book sales, like mm-hmm. book fairs, like that type of thing. But now I'm just like how did I keep track and like decide what to read and know what was out? I think a lot of librarian for me, it it all came down to those librarians in my life who would just be like, Hey, you like this series, the new book is coming out and whatever. And then I would learn from them where to check like release stuff in their catalog. So I would say it was entirely the library catalog. Yeah. Even if I was then going to buy it, you know, it's still, yeah, I think mine was just more organic too, Joe. Mm-hmm. Like, if you just browsing the bookstore and just like literally picking just something picking something up, off the shelf, appealing, yeah. yep. and then if it was like part of a series, then yeah, like going back to the bookstore, the library for the next book, or the next book. Yeah, I think there was a lot of that that a happened. Lot more. Just a lot more free browsing. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was heavily reliant upon the merchandising of the librarians yeah, and booksellers. True. That's true. Yeah. Until obviously until the internet was more of a thing. Then I think I remember following like certain authors blogs. Yes. Mm-hmm. When they would be like, I have a new book, new book coming, coming out. out. Yeah. Like, Ooh. Oh okay, yeah. No, I, wait. when I was in college, I drove around to like multiple bookstores and malls to find the latest Jasper Ford book because I think this was before I signed up for Amazon or it hadn't really occurred to me to shop Amazon. So I'm like driving all around Northwest Ohio trying to find it. I finally did, but it was not fun. (laughs) But yeah, like I somehow knew he had a book coming out and that it was out. Like, and that was probably his website or something. Yeah. You're right. That just made me think of the, the like book triangle trip of going to Borders first, then B. Dalton, and last case scenario, Barnes & Noble. That was just my order of preference. And also what was close by in in the mall and in in nearby cities. Look, this might be an unpopular opinion, but Borders was better than Barnes & Noble. Borders was the best, and I will be taking no opinions, no notes. No, agreed, agreed. (laughs) Team Borders. Team Borders. I still mourn them. Same, same. Although, yeah, I, I will get my books wherever I can get them now, but Shop local. I do miss Borders every day. And when I stumble acro- across a book I bought at Borders with the, the tag on the back, this little sticker. Oh. I have so, I would go, like my friends and I would go once a week and they would have that table the of like buy, the, back. the like buy two, get one free of the trade paperbacks. I swear to God, like half of my book collection is from that table because buy two, get one free or half price or whatever it was. I think it was free though. So yes, please. And yeah, the, the sticker on the back from Borders. Oh, those oh, are now, I kinda, now I'm definitely going to shop my shelf and see which ones I have. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm fully about to dig around and see where I can find a Borders sticker on the back of a book. There's our Instagram post, Emma. <laughs> Create excitement about the books you already have, which I think is a great point to wrap us up. Hopefully you enjoy these more bookish conversations. We're not necessarily throwing 70,000 titles at you, but I think it's fun to just talk about different aspects of reading and books and the industry and get to hear a little bit more about the co-hosts and our favorite guests. With that, uh, be sure you follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at ProBookNerds. You can visit our website at ProfessionalBookNerds.com. You can send us an email to ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. 
And we'd love to hear what you use for your to be read lists. Do you use Goodreads? Are you a fan of the Libby tags? Do you have a list? Please let us know. We're always looking for ideas. Thank you, everybody. And happy reading. Happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen Podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, nextbestpicture.com. On our show, we explore all year long what is possibly going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. We do this by conducting interviews with people within the film industry, holding weekly reviews of the latest theatrical releases, and on our main show, where we dive into various different topics, answer your fan questions, and also do our best to explore Oscar history's past in hopes that it will tell us something new for this upcoming award season race. We hope that you will join us on all the various podcasting networks. We look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com.